Welcome home. All right, so we have a packed house. Uh, it's it's going to take us a little bit to sort out some of all of this. We do have overflow in the recital hall just right next door. So if you need overflow, there's overflow in the recital hall. If you have seats near you, one of the things we're going to need to do this year is like, instead of like protecting seats, you're going to have to summons people to seats and say, hey, I got two over here, or I got three over here, or, and you can you see people looking for them, you can just say, hey, come on, let's, let's jump in here and let's make room for everybody. Um, we'll figure this out. We'll see how much we need overflow this week. It's going to be absolutely packed. So I need your help, especially this week. Um, and then once people start doing all the things that they start doing, it kind of evens out. Um, and we keep track of how many people scan in at the same time. And so we're kind of watching all of that type of stuff. We know how many seats, we know how many scans. We'll get it, we'll get it right. We'll get it dialed in. Uh, but if you can help me out with that, that would be great. All right. I'm excited to have all of y'all back. But we have a whole bunch of new people here too. And so if you are a new freshman, would you stand up and let us welcome you to see the world? So let me just put a comma right here and say to you new freshmen, we say welcome home around here. Some of you may be sitting there going, this is not home. We get it. We hope by the time you're a sophomore or maybe even next semester, it feels like home and you'll get there. So give me eight weeks to develop all those friendships, to dig deep into the word, to let the Lord help you with the transition. Some of you sophomores and juniors and seniors can testify that the transition is tough, but the transition is also good for you and healthy for you. So Lean into the full benefit. So the Navy SEALs have a saying they do, when something's hard, they look at each other and say, full benefit. If this is hard for you, full benefit. Because in life, there are gonna be moments where you have to be in places where you're uncomfortable and you have to make friends with people that you don't know and you have to learn to settle in new locations. And so if this is hard for you, eight weeks, full benefit. Lock in, push in, make sure that you're developing those friends and welcome to all of our freshmen. We are so glad to have you here. We also have another group that's here that's back. We call them sophomores. Sophomores, if you're in the house, would you stand up and let us welcome you back? Juniors, are you in the house? You stand up. All right, so freshmen, you can see the juniors are a lot more excited about they yeah. Some of you couldn't wait to get back, right? Okay, well it's good to have all of you back. I better move on to my slides now. Oh, did I forget somebody? <laughs> All right, seniors, where are you? Get up. Yeah. 
We love you. We love our seniors. I'm just like giving you all a hard time. We have super seniors. If you are a super senior, stand up. Yeah, all right. We've got some. We, we've got some grad students in the house too. So if you're a grad student with the MDiv, RMD, MSN, yeah, yeah. Transfer students. If you are a transfer student, stand up. Let us welcome you to Cedarville. That's awesome. All right, did I forget anybody? I think I got everybody. Hey, I do want to call out one group in particular, though, because we have several international students who are here from various countries all over the world. So if, if you're an international student, would you stand up? We, we are thrilled that you are all here. We're thrilled to have everybody back. You know, we have a new dorm that opened up this year. And, and they're all sitting right there. No, I'm just kidding. If you're in Morton Hall, stand up. There really is a good clump sitting right there, which is great. That's great. So I know the burning question in your mind is, who's Morton? So he's Reverend James Morton. He was one of the original members appointed by the Presbyterian Church to help find the location for Cedarville. He was known for his humility, his generosity, his testimony for Christ. He served as a trustee. He also served as a pastor of a local community church in the building that would eventually become the building that Grace Baptist Church now occupies. And so he has a longstanding history in the community and for the university. And that set of dorms has historic names, including McKinney, McChesney, and Mitre. So we honor yet another historic name, Morton. So if you're wondering where the name came from, that's where the name came from. We also have another dorm going up. I think you've seen it. It looks like cinder block right now. It won't look like cinder block forever. That's what it's gonna look like when it's finished, Lord willing. I, I have no clue what we're gonna call that thing yet, so we'll figure that out, and we'll let you know at the right time Trustees do have to vote on that. No, we're not calling it that. Um, here's where it goes. So this is number one of a four-phase plan, and when we finish with it, that's what it looks like. So if you didn't notice... Let me back up. It moves the parking lot behind it. Now this is a good thing because that means you don't have to walk through a parking lot to get to the student center. You can walk through grass, beautiful grassy areas to get to the student center or the chapel. You don't have to worry about getting hit by a car, but you do have to walk more. You know, you know, speaking of walking, it is part of our campaign to make sure you stay healthy, to put our parking as far away from campus as we possibly can and make you walk. And so we, we don't have a parking problem at Cedarville. We have a walking, no, I'm just kidding. 
I'm just joking. All right, there's what it looked like one. There's the rendition. I don't know if we'll have all those trees or not. I don't know where Sherwood Forest came from there, but it's okay. Uh, we have a new space that I'm really excited about outside of the student center. This was before they got the grass to look better and furniture and we hadn't painted the manhole cover there either yet. It's painted now, so it looks better now than it did in this photo. And so you can see that there as well. I think we're gonna call this Lakeside Patio, maybe? I think that's what we're gonna call it. So here's where I need your help, okay? There's this rumor of something I've heard of that I, I don't know what it is. I'm sure it never happens at Cedarville because it certainly isn't authorized or legal according to our insurance company. But it's called laking. Y'all know what that is? Y'all don't know what that is because we got a bunch of freshmen in the room. Long time ago, they used to take people who got engaged, guys who got engaged, and they would throw them in the lake. It's not allowed by our insurance company because it's dangerous. So this spot, put that slide back up for me, please. In your mind would be the perfect spot to do that. Here's the problem. To keep the structural integrity of the patio right, they had to put some really big rocks up against the bottom of it, just under the water. And so why am I taking time to tell you about something that's unauthorized? Is I don't want any unauthorized activity to have a, a, a harmful effect on somebody's health. And so there are rocks just under the water surface there. Now I'm, I'm working to try to get those lowered and pushed in closer and do all that, but it, <laughs> I don't know why I'm working on that, but I'm, you know. So all I'm saying to you is please be careful if, if you engage in any unauthorized, unapproved activities because we love you and we don't want you hurt, all right? Okay, so the next question I keep hearing is, where's the clock? Well, the, the, rock, the rock was in timeout last year. I mean, it was in jail, and so, I'm just kidding. The clock's actually just in storage. Free the clock. We, I actually think the best place to put the clock is gonna be in between the chapel and the new business center that we're building right next door. But the place that I think is gonna be the perfect spot is behind the fence. And so we're trying to wait to make sure that it is exactly the right spot to, to have the clock there and do that well. We also have the days of creation behind that that we're working on figuring out exactly where to put them. We're gonna take our time and get it right. We don't wanna put stuff up and then have to take it down and move it. And so just bear with us, be patient as we take our time, as we figure all of that out. It will come back. We will free the clock. Um, it will be out there somewhere eventually, whenever we find the perfect spot for it. Okay, Panda Express. How many of you have already eating, eaten at Panda Express? How many of you love Panda Express? Yeah, it's there, it's open. It's not open the full number of hours we expect it to be or that we want it to be. So there's a hiring shortage. I don't know if you've heard about that all across our country at various places. There's actually a panda that's completely built in Springfield over on Bechtel and they haven't opened because they couldn't hire enough people. And so we're operating with limited hours to start with 
and then we'll move towards full operation as we're able to get everybody hired, all the, all the cooks in place, everything of that nature. And so right now, it looks great. They did a great job building it. It'll be open for lunch Monday through Friday. Um, I think it's open for like a four-hour time span. And then I don't think it's going to be open for dinner this week or on the weekends right now until we can get the fully running, fully operational. So give us some time on that. We're working with some issues there. This is the next building that we're working towards, which is a new academic center. And this new academic center on the other side of campus, uh, Lord willing, will house English literature and modern language, history and government, psychology, school of education, maybe even social work with that school of education. So we'll, we'll see how it all pulls together. Uh, but we're working on this. I can guarantee you it won't, it won't look exactly like that photo. Everything, something changes anytime you're, you're in this process. And so it won't look exactly like that photo, but we are committed to doing our best to try to get that as the next major building after we finish with the business center. And so that's part of what we will push for. Now, with all the construction going on, with all the new stuff that's happening, with all the renovations that are happening, like the upper student center bathrooms and adding pickleball courts out in between the volleyball courts and the basketball courts. We will have permanent nets up there eventually. They just, they just haven't gotten it done yet. They'll get it done. With all of that, you may be wondering, okay, how are we paying for all that? We do have a campaign goal that we increase from 125 million to 175 million, and we do have $133 million committed towards that campaign goal right now. So we're not, we're not building this off of tuition dollars. We're not raising tuition in order to make these things happen. And so pray for more dollars. Pray for more donors that love Cedarville, that the Lord has given stewardship of resources to come alongside and partner with us to help us make this happen. All right, listen, we have been doing chapel at Cedarville for 70 years. That's pretty incredible. So let's talk about chapel for just a minute. So chapel here for 70 years, five days a week, Monday through Friday, starts at 10 a.m. It ends at by 10.50. Like I usually tell our chapel speakers, 10.45. Now today, you don't have classes afterwards, so I, we may push it to 11 because we're gonna sing a song afterwards. I don't know, we'll figure that out. But um, because we have chapel and because this week you don't go to classes, that also means that the lines at some of the restaurants are gonna be longer right after chapel. Now, if you talk to our juniors and our seniors and our sophomores to some degree, they figured all this out. They know that if you go to the restaurants right after class or right after chapel, the lines are super long. You wait 15, 20 minutes and go, and the lines are not the same length. And so you'll sort it out. You'll figure it out. It, it will work. Um, but I'm just giving you a heads up. If you leave right here immediately afterwards and go to one of the restaurants, that's everybody else is doing that too. And so hang out, talk to friends, make some new friends. Freshmen, we have something for you to do immediately after chapel, and that will keep some of you in the room at least, and we can uh, process some of those type things. So when you come into chapel, you scan in at the back. We do need you to come into chapel or to go into the overflow that's gonna be in the recital hall. Uh, we're not gonna hang out in, in alumni hall and sit out there. We need you to come on into chapel and be in here. When you come into chapel, um, chapel doesn't end early. Like chapel goes till chapel goes. We will have at least one speaker this year that will go past 11 o'clock. 
It happens. Every year we have one speaker that doesn't listen to me when I say 1045 is drop dead at 1050 because they have to get to class and somebody just gets wound up and maybe it's the spirit prompting them and maybe it's revival and if that's the case, then so be it. We'll stay here all day long. Like if the Lord wants to move in such a way that it changes our lives, I'm in. If somebody just wants to talk longer, I'm out. Um, and, they won't, and they won't be back. Um, I didn't mean that mean. I just meant I respect your time. And so I, if the Lord's moving, we'll stay here all day long. And we had that happen in the spring semester and we were here till one o'clock and then we were back at, I think it was eight o'clock that evening and here till 1030. Like, that's awesome. Let's do that. I pray that happens again. But if a chapel speaker goes to 11 o'clock or 11.05, guess what? Your faculty members know that too. And so if you're like me and you wanna be a rule follower, you will start getting antsy. I can even see it. I can see it when I'm up here preaching. I can see some of you. Here, I got a chair. I'll demonstrate. <laughs> Here's what you do. At 1045, Yeah, something like that. All right. I have no clue how stupid I just looked on camera, but that's okay. <laughs> it's all right. Just relax. Your teachers know. They understand. We, we do our best to respect all of that. Uh, and in the past, there have been some nasty rumors about, it's okay to leave at 1030. No, it's not. Especially when there are people trying to get into the chapel to be able to stay and worship and lock in and sing and listen to the word and join together. We need to be together as a community and we're here from chapel's beginning until chapel ends. So there's no approved time or no approved exit from chapel before chapel ends, okay? We're here, we're locked in, we're on it. Y'all got that? You gonna help me with that this year? Come on. Some of you may say, wait a second, I have class, I gotta go get lunch. We have a grab and go. We can set up another grab and go if we need to set up another grab and go. We can make the restaurants not open until 10.50 if we need to make the restaurants not open until 10.50. Like if you need to change your schedule, we can help you change your schedule too. We can work with you. But 70 years, chapel has been the heartbeat of this campus. It's at the core of who we are. It's what we do. It changes lives. In this room, there are people who are saved there are people who are called to ministry. There are people who decide they're gonna get rid of that sin that's been holding them back. And I'm gonna tell you, the days when you don't wanna be here may just be the day when you need to be here the most. And the number one thing that I hear alumni say they miss about Cedarville is chapel. So even on the days where you say, hey, I don't know, well, you get eight skips. Use your skips, that's fine. If you gotta work, you get approved absences for work, that's fine. But if you're gonna be here, be here. Lock in, press in, Come ready to exalt the God who is worthy. That's what I want you to do. That's what I'm asking you to do. Um, a couple other things I need to mention, just housekeeping items on this to make sure that I, I get it done. I, I call something, I call it the walk of shame. It happens every semester. A student who doesn't know any better decides that they're in this section or maybe that section. I'm just over here. And they think, you know what? The best way to get out of the chapel is to walk down this long staircase <laughs> and to exit through these doors. And when I'm up here preaching 
and I see somebody coming down that staircase and my mind, it begins thinking, are they coming to attack me on stage? Are they challenging me to a fight? Are they wanting to do harm to our student body? What, are you coming to join me in preaching? Are we gonna tag team? You're up, I'm out. And everybody's head in the audience does this when somebody walks down that, that staircase. You're sitting there and all of a sudden you go. And you know the whole time I'm thinking all those things, there are words coming out of my mouth. And I have no clue what I've said when I'm done and they exit out of those doors. And so, long way to say, if you gotta, if you gotta go to the bathroom, if you gotta do something, go out, go out the back. There's exits up top. It'll get you some upper staircase work, which is much better for your cardio and your quads. And so just out the back, that's fine. Come back in that way. Try not to exit these doors. Like seriously, we don't, we don't want people on stage. We wanna make sure we keep this area clear. Um, and so just help me out with that. All right. Worshiping with you all in chapel is a joy of mine. And so I'm thrilled to have you all back. I'm thrilled to be able to do that. We'll do that now. Uh, we'll do that eventually tonight. Bible conference starting at seven o'clock. We'll do that all week. And so we'll sing praises to our Lord who is worthy. We'll see what he does. Another couple of things I wanna mention before we get to that point. So chat GPT. If you don't know what that is, you will know what that is. Um, I don't want you to get blindsided. And so your faculty members are gonna tell you how or if or if you can't utilize that in classes. And so here's the deal that you need to know. If you're utilizing ChatGPT, it creates fake sources with fake authors on fake citations. Do you know enough about your discipline to recognize which one of those may be fake? Because your faculty member does. And there's also software that tracks it that gives us a report of how much of it was generated by AI if you're turning in a paper. And so we're still navigating all of this to determine how can we utilize these tools well and wisely and educate you well and wisely and all of those type things too. And so we're navigating it, but I want you to make sure you lock in and look at that syllabus and talk to your faculty member about what's acceptable, what's not. If they say none of it, then that's fine. You're smart enough. You, you all are brilliant. You'll figure it all out. You'll get it all done. I have no doubt about that. You're capable. Also wanna make sure you report anything you need to report to Title IX. Sexual discrimination, sexual harassment, sexual violence, dating abuse, stalking. Report that to Title IX. Make sure we get that information. How do you get it? Here's how you can get that information to Title IX. Speak up at Cedarville. There's phone numbers. There's an office right around the corner here in the DMC as well. And so make sure you report all of that information. Just in case you're wondering, we do not like any sexual harassment or anything else at this campus. It is not allowed. If you, if you are an awkward individual and you're not sure how to approach a girl, go find another guy and ask them a question about how do I do this without freaking people out, all right? Because if you freak people out, I'm just saying I've got a fourth degree black belt in karate. I know how to lay hands on without prayer. I might feel the need to educate you in a rear naked chokehold or an arm bar or something. I, I'm just kidding, I'm just joking. We do no harm to our students, which means we don't harass them. All right, you with me? You good? All right, 
Let me keep rolling before I get more trouble. Okay, parking, student parking, heads up. So you can register your car by September 1st at 4.30 p.m. and get a 50% discount on your parking registration, which is great, yes. If you don't register your car, then you're gonna get repeated tickets and then you're gonna get a boot put on it where it's immobile and you can't move it. <laughs> Somebody got one of those, I guess. Not yet, but the, last year. Um, and it's a $250 fine. Nobody wants that. Like nobody wants that. So just register your vehicle. Just get it registered. Um, unregistered cars parked in the wrong spaces. It's a $50 deal per ticket. So you can register it for the same price as one ticket. So go get your car registered. We've doubled the gravel parking lot across the street because you all apparently loved parking over there, especially if you were in Lawler or I guess Willits or any of the dorms that are close over there. So just be careful crossing the road, if you will. That's a state route. We can't just pop a crosswalk up over it that requires state approval. And so be careful for me. I'm just worried about you and your safety. Be careful crossing that gravel road. We do have lights over there to make it make it safe. We also have 150 new spaces that are open back up in front of Morton Hall, and so we've got that going on. Some of, it's Morton Hall, really excited about that. Yes, I hear you back there. All right, joggers are now allowed to class in chapel. Now, I realize not every one of you are excited about that or happy about that. I get it. Anytime we mess with the dress code, it's gonna upset some people and it's gonna make some other people happy. And so, this, this, it's life, live with it. Don't send me an email saying you have ruined Cedarville. It may be true, but it's not over this. So, all right. All right, I have an update for you. Do y'all remember baby Henry that we prayed for? So at the end of the semester, last semester, this picture on the far left up here was baby Henry in the same onesie that he's in in the next picture so that you can see the growth just over the summer. And his uncle Luke and his aunt Charlotte are sophomores here at Cedarville this year. And so we're excited. Listen, we didn't know if baby Henry was gonna make it or not. The odds were against him, but the Lord was in his favor. And so we can't wait one day to have baby Henry. We won't call him baby Henry if he shows up as a freshman. That would be awkward. <laughs> We'll have Henry, we would love to have Henry at Cedarville. So thank you all for praying, and on behalf of the family, thank you for praying for him. Hey, next Thursday, not this Thursday, next Thursday, I'm gonna do a Q&A with my wife on stage. Yeah. So Joy's down here in the front, frequently at chapel, um, and so my wife's name is Joy, if you didn't know that, which means I always have joy in my heart, which is a great thing, because it's biblical. Um, I love you. Um, we'll get up here, we'll talk, we'll have a good time. She's smarter than I am, she's funnier than I am, so we'll have a good time. If you have questions that you want us to address, send those in. So send them to this email address, we'll pick a few of them. We've done it where you text them in during time before, but then it just rolls so fast, we can't even see what's happening, and so we're gonna do it this way. All right, let me get to something of substance, and then we'll sing, and then I'll let you go, and we can go do our own thing. Here's our sermon series for the year. We're gonna go through Romans, and as we go through Romans, here's what's gonna happen. 
We're gonna unfold and unpack this sermon series. And what I want you to remember is that you are justified in Christ. Because you are justified in Christ, you are forgiven in Christ. And you are forgiven by grace alone, through faith alone, in Christ alone, for God's glory alone. It's not by any works that we have done. It's not by any rules that we keep. It's not by pleasing our parents. It's not by going to church. It's not by church membership. It's not by pleasing everybody at Cedarville and making good grades and getting a degree. We are saved by grace alone, not through anything we have done. And that's gonna be important because chapters one, two, and three, we're gonna take a beating. Because chapters one, two, and three talk about the condemnation for all humans and how there is no one that's righteous, no, not one. And if you don't get past chapters one, two, and three into the fact where we are justified by grace, forgiven by grace, and then because the Spirit lives within us, we are alive in Christ Jesus, then you're gonna be left in just a really depressed moment. So you gotta give me eight weeks, y'all. Because if you just come and get through like the first two or three chapters of Romans, you're gonna be like, I have no hope, life is worthless. But it's not. Because while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. So here's how the book breaks down. Well, I'll show you the shirt first. I got ahead of myself. (laughs) We'll get these out at the right time. So there's your shirt. Now let me get to what I wanna talk about. All right, the cross. So when you think of Romans, I want you thinking cross. When you think of cross, chapters one, two, and three, all the way up to verse 20, you think condemnation. God is righteous and just in his condemnation of us because we are very creative at finding ways to get rid of him. We are very creative at creating idols in our life. In fact, our own hearts are idol factories. And because our hearts are idol factories, there's the condemnation that comes because, listen, you have to understand your need for a savior before you can actually be saved. If you think you have nothing to repent of because I'm a good person, whatever that may mean, then you're not at a position where the Holy Spirit can draw you to salvation. It's when we understand there is nothing good within me, and I'm talking about myself. There is nothing good within me. I am a wretched sinner rebelling against the God who created me and gives me breath and is my master, and at that time, I'm pushing back, and then all of a sudden, The Spirit pricks our hearts and tells us that we are a sinner in need of a Savior. And we ask for forgiveness of our sins and we put our faith and trust in Jesus Christ and that while we were yet sinners, he did die for us. And he went to that cross and he paid the penalty. The only sinless person paid for all of our sin so that us, none of whom are righteous, could have his righteousness placed upon us and be clothed in that righteousness. God is righteous in his condemnation of us as rebels. God is righteous because he was the just judge and the justifier. He had to have a payment, so he provided it. He gave us Jesus. And that's the justifying fact that God is just and the justifier of all of us who have repented and put our faith and trust in him so that then we can be righteous, not because we're good people. So your righteousness, your sanctification, your salvation doesn't depend on you doing all the things we want you to do. It depends on what Jesus has already done. So if you're in this room and you're saved, you of all people have no reason to be anxious, stressed out, depressed, worried, any of those things, because we know how it ends. We're gonna go be with Jesus because he's already secured the victory. He went to the cross, he paid the price, he went to the grave, he conquered the grave, he got up from the grave, he ascended to heaven. He's coming again, not as a baby, he's coming again as the judge, 
and as the king. And that means, folks, we are of all people the most blessed on this earth. All right, so we, that's three through eight. We'll have fun there. It's gonna be awesome. There's gonna be some hard passages in the middle, but we're gonna get there. And then the outlook for Israel, we'll see that in nine through 11. And then I've listed it as sanctification. Sanctification, how should I live now that I'm in Christ? I don't, I'm not saved by works, but I am saved to do good works. But because I love Christ, I wanna do things that please my Savior, and so I'm saved to those good works. What does that look like? We're gonna lay it out. We're gonna lay it out because Paul laid it out. We're gonna lay out exactly what that looks like in the Christian life. We'll be challenged by that. There'll be a lot of practical application. It'll be good for us. And then we get to the salutations at the end in chapter 16. Now, I understand that the word salutation means greeting. We write our letters differently. We write our letters and we say, dear so-and-so. Well, that's your salutation. And then you get to the body of the letter and then you end the letter and you say whatever your sign-off is, um, Mine's in Christ, so obviously I like in Christ, which is on your t-shirts you're gonna be wearing too. And so that's, my, that, that's how I end my letters. In old days, what they did was different, which actually makes more sense to me. They started the letter by telling you who was writing it. So Paul, a servant, that's how he starts. We'll get to that next week. We'll walk through one through 17. And then he tells you what he has to tell you, and then at the end he says, greet so-and-so. And so chapter 16 is like, greet so-and-so, and so-and-so sends greetings, and greet, and greet, and greet, and greet, and so it's your salutation. So if you're trying to remember Romans, it's condemnation, and then it's righteousness, and then there's an outlook for Israel, and then it's sanctification, and then it's salutations, all right? We will mention that a few times. Hey, here's, here's just a nugget, and then we're gonna sing, I think, yep, yeah, we're gonna sing after that. Romans chapter seven. I, I'm gonna preach this, this semester at the end. But this is where I believe it's written to Christians. I don't believe it's written to non-Christians. We could debate that. There are other good people who believe opposite from what I believe, probably even some on our faculty. That's fine. There are good arguments on both sides. I believe it's written to Christians. And here's what it says. In verse 15, it says, for I do not understand my own actions. Have you ever been there? For I do not do what I want, but the very thing that I hate, that's what I do. You ever been there? Yeah, we all have, if we're honest. Now, if I do what I do not want, I agree with the law, that the law is good. So now it's no longer I who do it, but it's the sin that dwells in me. For I know that there is nothing good that dwells in me. That is my flesh. So as a believer, you're saved, but their flesh, that flesh pulls against us. It pulls us to do bad things. That's why he's gonna tell us, put to death the deeds of the flesh by the power of the spirit. For I have a desire to do what is right. This is me. This is me right here. I have a desire to do what is right, but not the ability to carry it out in my own flesh. For I do not do the good I want, but the evil I do not want is what I keep doing. Now, if I do what I do not want, it's no longer I who does it, but it's sin that dwells in me. 
So I find it to be a law, this is just a common law, that when I want to do right, evil lies close at hand. Can you feel this? This is all of us. If you're honest with yourself. For I delight in the law of God. That's one reason I think this is a believer. I delight in the law of God in my inner being. I love the book. No Bible, no breakfast. Grab the bean and the book. Get you some coffee and dig into the word. Let's go. I delight in the law of the Lord in my inner being. But I see in my members, I see in my flesh another law that's waging war against the law of my mind. It's making me captive to a law of sin that dwells in my members. I don't like that. Verse 24, Paul's right there. He goes, wretched man that I am, who will deliver me from this body of death? Who will deliver me from this flesh? So listen, y'all. We have students who have made mistakes. We have faculty and staff who have made mistakes. We have students who this year will make mistakes. We believe in second chances and the law of grace around this place. And we believe that everybody deserves grace. And so I want you to extend the grace to others that you want extended to yourself because we have a gospel of grace, not a gospel of condemnation. Wretched man that I am. Oh God, who will rescue me from this flesh? Thanks be to God. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord, there's your rescue. If you've never repented of your sins and put your faith in Christ, friends, you don't have the rescue. That's step one but the struggle's still real. So then, I myself serve the law of God with my mind, but with my flesh, I serve the law of sin. So here's our key verse, which comes at the end of that, which is why you have to know the context. There is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. You're struggling, you're wrestling, you do things you don't want to do. You ask for repentance and you recognize, friends, there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. For the law of the spirit of life has set you free in Christ Jesus from the law of sin and death. For God has done what the law, weakened by my flesh, could not do by sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh. And for sin, he condemned sin in the flesh in order that the righteous requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us who walk not according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. Here's your life. Here's what we're all after. Every day we wake up, no Bible, no breakfast. We're in the word. We're asking the spirit, give us victory today. We live in the power of the spirit. We don't live in the power of the flesh. For those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh. But those who live according to the spirit set their minds on the things of the Spirit. Every day, that's your task. I wake up, Lord, put my mind on the things of the Spirit, not on the things of the flesh. If you can do that every single day, friends, that is Christian maturity. That is sanctification. That is our calling before the Lord. For to set the mind on the things of the flesh is death, but to set the mind on the Spirit is life and peace. And I have peace. Set your mind on the Spirit I'm not doing things right. Set your mind on the spirit. You know, I'm messing up every day. Are you reading the Bible? Are you digging into the book? Are you asking the Lord to give you the spirit to set your mind on the things of the spirit? 
For the mind that is set on the flesh is hostile to God. It does not submit to his law indeed. It cannot. For those who are in the flesh cannot please God. You, however, brothers and sisters, are not in the flesh but in the spirit. In fact, if the spirit of God dwells in you, anyone who does not have the spirit of God does not belong to him. But if Christ is in you, Although the body's dead because of sin, the spirit is alive because of righteousness. And if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead, the spirit can't help me, my sin's too deep. The spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead, if he dwells in you, he will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who dwells in you. Friends, in Christ We're justified, we're forgiven, and we're alive. So I'm gonna pray and they're gonna come up and we're gonna sing one last song. And when we sing it, we need a bigger chapel so we're gonna blow the roof off this place and then we'll just expand it. And Listen y'all, this, this is not church. Your mom and dad are not here, for most of you anyway. If you cheer louder for Ohio State or Michigan than you cheer for Jesus, check yourself. You can come down front, you can jump up and down, you can wave your hands, you can sing loud, you can have fun, because friends, Jesus is worth it all and he is worthy. Dear Lord, I pray for all of our students here. Lord, I pray that you would help those who are uncomfortable to settle. I pray that you would help all of us to make new friends. Lord, even if we have friend groups, we need more friends. So Lord, would you help us to develop additional friendships? I pray that you would help us to look out, to encourage others, to seek those who may need a word of encouragement. Lord, I pray that you would help us, even right now, to prepare our hearts to hear what you would have to say to us through Bible conference. Lord, to me in Bible conference. Would you allow me to lock in and listen to your word that's gonna be delivered through your messenger so that my life may be changed? Lord, would you allow us to make you first on this campus and in our lives and would you visit us in such a way that only you get the glory for whatever's done? For you're worthy of our praise. You are King Jesus and we worship you. In his name I pray, amen.